Before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to shout out our partners over at WagerWire. Dynasty Football Talk is powered by WagerWire. WagerWire is a first-of-its-kind app where you will be able to buy and sell your previously placed sports bets, jump in and out of futures all season long, cash in on those parlays before they bust, and trade game, game lines right up to the buzzer. This is going to change sports betting forever. Follow them on Twitter at WagerWire for all sports talk and Twitter spaces for fans by fans. The app launches next year. Be the first to have it by dropping your email at wagerwire.com. Gather around. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT. Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in to this week's episode of Dynasty Football Talk. I am your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing on this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing quite well. Um, I actually just heard my dog barking, so I don't know what the hell her problem is, but I might be taking a second to go let her butt back inside. I'm not doing bad, though. Been a pretty good weekend, fairly productive. How's your day and weekend been? Oh, it's a pretty damn good weekend, finally. Got the Christmas tree decorations all set up for... Yeah, of course, Christmas next week, so got that out of the way, finally. The Bengals made a hell of a comeback win against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers today, so that was a pleasure to watch. So all in all, it was a pretty good weekend. The bowl season finally kicked off, so I got to catch a few of those games. Not too exciting so far, but college football is still college football. Yeah, anytime football's on the TV or whatever you use to watch it with, it's hard to complain. I, I do hear you on the Christmas tree. I have a hard time keeping my fiance from putting it up any sooner than Thanksgiving. So it seems like the tradition now is we're putting that up Black Friday after Thanksgiving. It sucks. Yeah, with the little run, one-year-old running around, we figured we'll try to kind of wait as late as possible and course put the damn thing up and he's all over like white on rice and playing with the ornaments he can touch and pulling on the you know the stems or whatever and everything and the lights like great so what yeah, you gotta I, deal with for the next three weeks i hear you on that man my youngest he's uh he's the exact same because we've got like the fake snow where it's kind of sprayed or painted on and he loves picking it off he's little he's about to be three actually um on the twentieth, he'll be three. So, but he's a he's a little asshole, but he's my asshole. That and the cat, the, the cat don't help either. My cat's about to go mess up the tree now. I can already see it. Oh yeah, cats just love Christmas trees. They love to knock them down. That's for damn sure. But enough of the nonsense. We'll get right into it with our injury segment. Since the last time we recorded. It has come out that, unfortunately, Kyler Murray did tear his ACL. So, of course, done for this season, and who knows what week he'll be able to return next year. So that's a pretty big blow to his dynasty value, in my opinion. I know for me that will drop him out of the top ten of my rankings for sure at this point. Between the injury and the way he's been performing up and down and everything going on in Arizona... Who knows if Kingsbury is going to be kept around until he comes back or what exactly is going to go on with his overall situation around him. So I'd rather have about 10 to 12 other quarterbacks than him on my dynasty roster at this point. I mean, I, 
I can't argue with you much about him being dropped out of the top 10 um, coming off of a significant knee injury. And I think we all knew, or anybody that saw what happened, it was a non-contact, non-contact injury and he went straight down. Uh, it, it, it sucks for him. You know, what, a, a nine-month recovery timetable-ish, somewhere around there. Um, you know, just just wish for the best. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's going to be knocked out of my top ten. I, I haven't reevaluated my top ten other than putting Justin Fields up in there and keeping him up in there, slowly still rising. He had a hell of a day against the Eagles. Um, but, yeah, it should say a lot about where Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals franchise are at when you got to work in – to the contract that you have to study the damn playbook and do all this and that for you to not void your contract. I, I, I can agree with you on the Kingsbury thing as well. Yeah. And it seems like to this point, their whole offense is just Kyler's going to run around and try to make a play happen. So if they do get rid of Kingsbury, who knows what that offense is going to look like next year. It definitely won't look good for us fantasy players. Um, Cliff Kingsbury makes that offense. It just not really makes it go because that's the players, but he's the imagination behind making it go. Yeah, he gets any other head coach in there. I don't think he's going to have such free reign as he does currently. It's going to be a more structured offense no matter who they bring in. Absolutely. I I think so too. And then uh, this was on grass, right? This wasn't turf. I don't remember, to be honest with you. I just know there's been a lot of um, talk going around about banning. I mean, it's not really fantasy football related, but banning turf because of all the ACL and knee injuries in general due to the the playing surface. I I think this was on grass, though, actually. Yeah, that'd be a little bit of a shocker if that is the case. I've seen similar things about everyone wanting all stadiums to have grass only and also to have a retractable roof and people calling for the NFL to make that a requirement for every single team. I mean, I I can get the, the advantages and disadvantages to it. Um, Obviously we want all these, all these guys to be safe because they're more than just football players. They do have a life outside of football, at least most of them. Um, So if we can eliminate any risk of injury due to, to, what type of field it is, I think that that should be something. But the whole retractable roof and and shit like that to me is to me that's kind of far fetched. Um, I think it, for lack of a better term, we, they need to quit being pussies because the whole point of going up the Lambeau Field and playing out in the cold is playing in Lambeau Field out in the fucking cold. It takes in a way it kind of takes away home field advantage in a way because then you're not playing in the elements. Um, what we want every single one of these teams to be playing in a dome. So what now running backs become even less useful. And yeah, like I don't, Buffalo I don't like that prerogative. Going to willingly put a roof on their stadium, you know? I mean, I can kind of get down with that because Buffalo has been hit with snowstorms pretty bad the last couple of years. So I can kind of get down with that, but I feel like only use the roof when you have a big blizzard coming, I guess, you know, or, or significant snow. Other than that though, Leave it open. Yeah, I can see that being the issue if, God forbid, they do move to making it mandatory for everyone to have a retractable roof. That's when do you leave the roof off? You know, if it's 20 degrees in Buffalo but no snow and no rain, do you really want to leave the roof open and play on the cold or do you want to close it up and play, you know, 60, 70 degree heated dome? Right, what is the cutoff? And then you obviously got to think that with the way that Bill's offense is constructed, that they would play better in warmer weather, especially with the type of cannon that Josh Allen has and the receivers they have, that a you know slow, methodical, run-it-down-your-throat game is not going to be their forte necessarily, whereas a team like, let's say, the Bears, who Justin Fields seems to run for 100 yards every fucking week, or the Eagles, who between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders run for almost 200 yards every week, they'd be more cut out to do some stuff like that. I can see the argument. I just I'm I'm not sure exactly where I would draw my line in the sand just yet, but I feel like we're we're there needs to be some disparity to have home foot advantage and just shit like that. I guess. Yeah, because if 
there's no home field advantage. We might as well just have a neutral handful of neutral stadiums in each region of the country, and we all just get together and play neutral site games on the same type of grass and same type of stadium and just do it that way. Absolutely. If, if we're doing that like you just said, but there's 32 NFL teams, let's make 16 fucking NFL stadiums that are designated to these teams and make them neutral side every game. Yeah, I can get down with everyone should have grass. I agree with that. To yeah, take I, some I, of the injuries I, away, but trying to tell everybody you need a retractable roof and you need to play in the same conditions as every other team every week, that's just... Well, my problem would be is where's this extra money coming from? Because like you, you're a Bengals fan. I mean, don't get me wrong, they do have money, but they don't have money like that. They're not just going to all of a sudden invest a billion dollars to make their stadium state-of-the-art and have a retractable roof. I mean, for all that money, you might as well build brand-new stadiums. Is the NFL paying for that? I don't think so. Exactly. Not every team is on even playing field when it comes to finances like that. So, again, is the NFL shelling out all the money to upgrade everything? Or what the hell would you do with that? With the way the NFL is, with their stinginess, I don't see them doing that either. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And then, again, I'm kind of repeating what I said. Um you know, it's going to cost an absorbent amount of money to put roofs. At what point do you draw the line of sand again and just say, fuck it, tear it down, we'll start over? Yeah, if you're putting this nice fancy roof on the stadium, might as well just get a whole new stadium while you're at it. I mean, if it costs a billion dollars to put this roof on the stadium, to retrofit it to a 40-year-old stadium, let's just spend $5 billion and make a brand new stadium. You're just throwing out, just throwing out numbers. I don't, I don't know, but... You get where I'm getting at. I do agree, though. Raise if we those can, taxes. Right. Raise them ticket prices for the next 30 years. But if we can change stuff for the the health and safety of the I – don't, I don't think weather really has a whole lot to do with that. It's outside of, like, you know, snow and rain and stuff and slipping. But uh, field surfaces and stuff like that, I think for players' health and safety, is I think it's a good move. Um, but I think there's a lot more than just field turf or – field surface that needs to be addressed from that. We need to teach these young kids how to tackle properly. Yeah, that's been a hot-button issue over the last hand four years, and looks like it's going to stay that way. But on to uh, another injury, unfortunately. It looks like uh, Jonathan Taylor has a sprained ankle again. So, it, so far what I've seen, the Colts said it doesn't look like it's going to be a major one. But he was in a walking boot after the game on Saturday. So where, where are you at with JT? Are you still is he an asset you desire to have on your team, or are you just completely out on him for the most part at this point? I wouldn't say I'm completely out on him, but I'm not actively searching to acquire him either. Um, I think if you were wanting to buy him, that now would be the perfect time. His value has probably dipped a little bit. He's had a way less productive year than what most fantasy owners of him were going to think he had. I, well, I mean, we're, we're past trade deadline, but say you still allowed for trades to go, or if you plan on trying to pick him up in the off season, I think now's a good time. He's injured. There's not a whole hell of a lot for the Colts to be playing for. I think their season's fairly well done. Um, maybe they hold him out. I don't know. But what's the sense in hurting your all pro running back for games that don't mean anything? Um, but yeah, I I'm not completely sold on him, you know, or not completely out on him, but I'm also not completely buying. But if you were looking to buy, I think now through the off season is a is a good time to to shop around to get him. What about you? I'm in a similar boat. If I have him, I'm probably holding him at this point. I think his value is going to bounce back next year once he's healthy. Hopefully, the Colts draft a quarterback with their top 10 pick it looks like they're going to have but as far as ranking wise he is still my running back one like he has been all season you know he's a running back injuries happen they're going to happen especially with someone like him that had all that work in college and then up to this point in the NFL he's carried a heavy workload as well so you're going to have injuries right which sucks but it's part of the game Exactly. Your, I'll say it again. Your Derrick Henrys don't come along all that often, where they play seven straight seasons without missing hardly any time. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's also still my running back one, and I agree with you. The reason I'm in the middle right now is because if I had him, I'm definitely holding on to him because I would assume that if you were selling him, you'd be selling him lower than what you could have sold him for at the beginning of the season, obviously. So at, at that point, I'm going to continue to hold on to him. Um, and then if I was dead set on selling him, I would wait again, like you say, because I think his value definitely jumps back up some point next season. Again, hopefully they draft a quarterback. That offense becomes more dynamic. Matt Ryan's not the answer. Sam Ellinger's not the answer. They don't have an answer at quarterback currently on that roster. Um, but I do think that his, his value comes a little bit – or goes back up. Yeah, I don't think he's fallen off a cliff or anything. He's just been banged up on a bad team, unfortunately, with a subpar offensive line so far and no quarterback play. So Absolutely, the only a product of his situation plays into it for me as well. His situation is only going to get better, I think, going forward. Yeah, I think so because he's he's still fucking talented as hell. He can do everything. Um, the only other bright spot on that offense, skill position wise, is Pittman Jr. So it's neither of them to me are taking significant hits because of production or lack thereof this season. And if you bring in a talented rookie quarterback, that's only going to help him out and hopefully improve the pass game. And Jeff Saturday is only the interim head coach as of right now. So they could be bringing in a new head coach as well, a whole new system. So we'll see how that plays out in Indianapolis. But uh, you're not getting too first out of him anymore. No, no. boat has long sailed, and it's probably not coming back till next point scoring season after a month or so I'd say at the earliest yeah we'll probably have this same discussion about four or five weeks in uh, readdress this and I wouldn't be surprised if he's right back up there going for two firsts again Um, I do have a question for you just kind of shoot the shit with you do you think Will Levis is a good fit I don't think he's a bad fit I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan to be honest with you but it, I don't think it'd be a terrible fit. I'm I don't see same. any quarterback going to Indianapolis really being a, a negative impact or right. quote-unquote bad fit. I think no matter who they land, it's going to be an improvement over what they have, and it's going to be a good situation for a quarterback to walk into with a clear-cut alpha receiver and a top-five talented running back in the league. And then a potential really good tight end in our boy Woods. Yeah, I love me some Jelani Woods. Yeah, He's looking real good this year when he's been given the opportunity. No, he has. When he's been given the chance, he's he's shined kind of – he's got a little twinkle with him. But, yeah, we, we love Jelani Woods. I wouldn't be mad at Will Levis in Indianapolis. Out also, of any of the quarterbacks, who do you think would – would you prefer to go there? At where the Colts are projected to pick right now, I'd probably say Levis would be their best option. And That's kind of what I was thinking because make it that right. far. CJ and I'd Stroud be surprised, CJ. Won't. Right. So at least Will Levis and I think Anthony Richardson could be a good fit there as well. But that's, I think that's still way too early for him in the top ten. Right. That that's why I threw Will Levis out there because I don't think. CJ or Bryce are available that late and not like late. Like it's not like that's late, late. Like you said, it's going to be a top 10 pick, but I don't, I think those are both bona fide top five picks. Yeah. I mean, looking at uh, the draft networks, recent mock that actually came out a couple hours ago at halftime of the Sunday night game. They actually have, it looks like four quarterbacks in the top eight picks with uh, Will Levis going to the Detroit lions and the Colts getting C.J. Stroud. And then the Panthers at 8 getting Anthony Richardson. Uh, see, I've been so seeing a lot of people who absolutely love Will Levis, and I, I'm i not in that same camp. And I'm not trying to knock him, but I'm just not... I've seen a lot of people think he's going to be like a projected top 2 or 3 pick, and I just don't see it. Yeah, it seems that the fantasy... Community is not all in on him, but the NFL draft side of it seems like the NFL execs really love him. 
Well, I think they're all trying to compare him to Josh Allen and hoping he takes that same trajectory. But what a lot of people don't fail, or fail to realize is like Josh Allen was not – he was just a big-arm guy that made terrible decisions. I mean, he did a lot of maturing and growing up in the NFL. Could Will Levis do that? For sure he could. But you could also get the flip side of that and him not do that. Josh Allen was blessed. You know, being being thrown Stephon Diggs, what, your second year in the league, you're going to take fucking leaps and bounds development production-wise. Yeah, and he's had uh, very good coaches around him as well, so that always helps him. And they had an overall solid team around him. Um, I think better than the Colts for sure at this at this current time. I'd agree with that. They've always had that defense to lean on. And then they built the offense, you know, of course, around Josh Allen and giving him a superstar wide receiver to lean on all the time. So it's like just the good old the Justin situation. Herbert effect. Right. Oh, man. But, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be mad at Will Levis there. I think it makes the most sense personally. I'd hate to see CJ go there. Why is that? I think CJ's got to be in a very particular system to to work. Um, we've kind of harped on it on the Devi side a few times. But me particularly, like he's great on time, on schedule. Outside of that, he's atrocious. And I don't know... I don't know if he could do that in Indy. I'm trying to think of a team that I could see him being really good at that does a lot of shit on time. And I think you need a team that lines up and primarily shotgun as well. Yes. I don't know if I can see him being too great under center 80% of the game. No, unfortunately, Ryan Day does not like putting his QBs under center. Um, I can't really think of one, to be honest. But I, I, I don't think it's the Colts. Probably not. Uh, maybe the Lions would be a better fit for The him. Lions, I think, would be a better fit, but I'm still holding out hope for somebody else there to go to the Lions. But, yeah, the Lions makes a lot of sense. You know, Jamison Williams, Amon Ra, DeAndre Swift when he's healthy, Jamal Williams when he's not, and that offensive line's pretty fucking good. So That's probably a top eight, top ten offensive line at this point. They're pretty pretty sturdy up front. Yeah, I'd, I'd say at least top eight, if not maybe a higher for me personally. But, yeah, it's a... It's a very solid line. Wish Joe Burrow had that. They're getting there. They're getting there. They're, finally, they're they're, they're they're meshing better now than what they were the first couple weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. But that'll wrap up the injury segment. I don't believe, thankfully, really anybody else came out of the last today's games injured. That is really going to affect any dynasty values, in my opinion. So on this episode, we're going to do a part one, a free agency preview. Just talk a little bit about the upcoming pending free agency class. Today, we'll look at tight ends and quarterbacks. Just again, looking at who's slated to be a tight, uh, a free agent, where we think they'll land, things like that. So we'll go ahead and kick it off with quarterbacks. And easily the top pending free agent quarterback is Lamar Jackson. But I don't think he's going to hit the open market. I'm sure the Ravens are going to franchise him at the very worst. So at this point, I don't see him signing a long-term deal with Baltimore with the way their season has went. Yeah, I mean, um, the wonderful thing about being your own agent is you don't pay agent fees. So I agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson is franchise tagged. He's not going to sign a long-term deal to go through what he went through again this year. That division is awfully tough. Um, I think, obviously, right now it's the Bengals. The Bengals are looking good. They were really good last year. They probably will be really good for the next 5, 10 years. Um, The Browns... Maybe if Deshaun Watson gets in, gets into form and gets rolling, they could be good for you know the duration of his contract. And then honestly, you, I'm personally I think the Steelers could be really good too, depending on how Kenny Pickett improves from year one to year two. So I think Lamar Jackson, same thing. He gets he franchise tags one year. Maybe if they get him some help, get him some wide receiver help outside of just Mark Andrews, uh, maybe he'll 
come back and sign a long-term deal after next season. But he's he's not going anywhere else. There's no way he's going anywhere else. No, it's very unfortunate to see when players like this situation. I don't think that he really wants to be there at this point, and he's going to be forced there based on a franchise tag and have to play out another year, you know, waste another year of his career, possibly get injured with the way he plays and the way that offense is ran. Then say he does get injured, unfortunately, I'm sure the Ravens will just kick him to the curb and start fresh elsewhere instead of sinking the money into it injured quarterback at that point develop Tyler Huntley no exactly you you hit the nail on the head um the type of quarterback he is and the way he plays he's going to want something that's going to lock him up securely for five six years you know get the bag all that um and then he's going to like you said basically be forced to play a year uh granted being a top five highest you know an average of the top five highest paid quarterbacks but he is a top five quarterback. He should be paid that anyway. Um, and then just the risk, like you said, of, of getting injured while only being on a one-year deal. It's, it sucks for him. I, I hope that – I don't know. I just hope Baltimore figures their shit out. Yeah, I agree with you there. He definitely deserves to be paid like a top five quarterback, which he is. It's just unfortunate to see the situation that he's laying himself in by – betting on himself for this season and it not really working out for him so far. Which is crazy to say and they're only one game back of their division lead with the Bengals. But they've had a pretty bad season by Baltimore standards and by Lamar's standards so far. Right. Yeah, you, absolutely. You did mention Tyler Huntley. He's a free agent as well. I think he'll end up back in Baltimore once again backing up Lamar. I do really like Tyler Huntley, though. I think he has the goods to be a starter in the NFL somewhere, someday, hopefully. I was hoping this past season when he was a free agent for the first time that he would have gone somewhere like the Panthers at that point in time or the Browns when they didn't have a quarterback and the Baker wanted out. I was hoping he'd land a a starting gig somewhere, but I think he's just going to have to wait a little bit longer. I think he's going to be attached to Lamar as long as Lamar's on the Ravens. So they have a competent backup that plays a similar style. And I don't think they're going to let him walk away either. I, I agree with you too. I, I want to disagree with you, but him and Lamar are actually really good friends. And the way they play is very comparable, very similar. Um, you obviously can't replace Lamar Jackson for anybody, but Tyler Huntley's, you know, Lamar Jackson light ish, uh, he showed that last year also when Lamar was hurt. I think it'd be a great – you have to – if you're keeping one, you got to keep both. If you keep Lamar, you got to bring back Huntley because if Lamar goes down, then what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, at that point, you're you're on an island, to be honest. You're not really going to find another quarterback that's in the similar mold of Lamar right now in the open market. So I think you got to keep Huntley with him just to – just an insurance, cover your own ass in case anything happens to Lamar. Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree with you. Yeah, CYA, cover your ass. I agree, Again, I would have liked to have seen him, Huntley, you know, go to like the Colts or something. That would be a, different, a decent spot because he can make shit happen on the ground. Yeah, he's got Panthers really is a good one floor. too. Right, right. And fantasy-wise, it makes perfect sense. Imagine pairing him up and doing zone reads with uh, JT. Whenever the quarterbacks are run threat, the defense has to respect it. It makes running backs more efficient. That's why I still have high hopes for our boy Trey Lance. Justin Fields killing it this year because of it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 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 just yeah, a good formula. Just, it works. Yeah, it works. Get them, bring them in, let them run around and show their Miles. running ability and then build an offense around them and progress them as a passer. And it seems to work so far. It's a really good I mean, formula. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. I think Miles Sanders is leading the league in rushing right now at 1,400 yards. Crazy. Especially considering or no, he he's not. Year. He's not leading the league, but he is top five. I take that back. I can't remember who it is, but he, he's definitely top five. Yeah, he lied to us when he said don't draft him in fantasy this year. 
but it, that'll we'll move on. Jo- to. It's Josh Jacobs that's leading the league in rushing. Yeah, he's on a hell of a run so far. The last month Four, or so, I think fourteen ninety five. Miles Sanders is fourth with eleven ten. So I, I apologize for the the clerical error, but for a guy that scored zero touchdowns last year to now have eleven hundred yards, what are we thirteen games in f- or fourteen games in this season? Pretty fucking good. But the second biggest pending free agent, I'd say, is Danny Dimes. Good old Daniel Jones from the New York Giants. I think he goes back to the Giants personally. He, whether I don't, I don't think it'll be a franchise tag situation. I think he'll happily resign for a one or two year deal, you know, just to prove a deal. He's played very well with Brian Dayball at the helm, and I. You can tell Daniel Jones has progressed and he has gotten better this season. I don't think he's a trash can of quarterback anymore at this point. I think he's very serviceable. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're you're building the boat and I'm right there with you. Um, prior to this season, I was completely and totally out on Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I kind of am still. I personally don't want any pieces of him when it comes to fantasy football. But he's at least shown that Maybe there's something there to work with, or he could be a bridge quarterback, like you say, a one or two year, a one year prove it deal. Maybe to get money, more money later, or maybe he'll be content, like you said, signing a, a two, maybe three year deal until you know the the next big guy comes around that the Giants can go up there and get. But um, yeah, Daniel Jones, he's taken significant steps forward from last year to this year. Well, really, from the previous three years to this year. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I do think he resign, resigns, and I think it'll be a two or three year deal. And he's he's not going to get any crazy money. They're not going, like you said, not going to franchise tag him because he's not doesn't deserve to be paid as a top five quarterback. But he, he's he's progressed. He's yeah, definitely not a trash can anymore. He's their cycle bin. I mean, the Giants did pull out another victory tonight against the Commanders, so they are sitting at the eight and seven, or eight, eight five and, and one. That's what it is. They are in the playoff so hunt, technically. Yeah, they are in contention for a playoff spot. And again, he is getting better in that new offensive scheme and under the new coach. So why not keep around for a year or two and see if he is Brian Dayball's guy? Because we saw what Dayball did with Josh Allen. Of course, not saying that's what Daniel Jones is going to be. But Dayball has shown he can produce significantly, Right. So, Improve and develop quarterbacks. There um, we go. I, I I agree with you, and it's the same thing. Just looking at some stats, when you got Saquon, who's a top five rushing yards leader, and Daniel Jones, who's got twenty six hundred yards passing, twelve touchdowns, and only four picks on the year, he's for sure taking positive steps forward, moving in the right direction. I think for the Giants, it's worth signing for another two or three years. Yeah, take the cheap route with a guy that's been in your system and is obviously winning. So why not just keep him around and see what you can turn him into? At least, you know, one more year. Like like you said earlier, uh, Saquon's going to be, what, 26, 27 next year. Um, you got Wando Robinson, who's personally I really like, could be something nice next year. But maybe you push all the chips on the table in the off season and try to go win one real quick. They're not a bad team. Nope, not by any means. So that'll bring us to another starting quarterback. Could be a bridge starting quarterback and Geno Smith. <sighs> I'm kind of torn on if I think Seattle is going to bring him back for a short-term deal and just ride him out and see what happens with him or if they're just going to cut bait and draft a quarterback, even though I've seen mock drafts why mock draft-wise Seattle hasn't been taking a quarterback with their first-round pick, which right now sets at three from the Denver Broncos from the Russ deal. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they bring him back for like a Daniel Jones one- or two-year deal, just use him as a bridge quarterback until they can figure out their future because obviously he's played very well this season. And yeah, he's, he's proven he can be an NFL starting quarterback. Right. He's been super productive especially when you consider what he made this year. His base salary this year was one and a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. So if he comes back, you're obviously not going to get him for that cheap again because he's shown that he's a serviceable guy. 
Um, as a bridge quarterback, though, you probably have to pay him in the mid to high teens. But I do think, like you said, they're going to draft a quarterback at that number three overall spot if they can. Um, if not, they might move up. They got a hell of a haul for Russell Wilson. They have some really nice pieces. Why not draft that that franchise quarterback? Um, I, I, I really like Geno Smith, but I think that um, – Daniel Jones has a lot better chance of going back to the Giants than Geno Smith has of going back to Seattle. I would like to see Seattle retain him, but I would not be surprised if Geno Smith finally is like, oh, I got my big break. I can prove I can do something in the league. Go chase the money, big fella. I wouldn't be mad if he left and went and got paid. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably personally like to see him back in Seattle. He, Everyone was saying before the season, DK really isn't going to be shit anymore because no more Russ. He's stuck with Geno or Drew Locke. Well, look, I th- I'd say DK fared pretty well this season with what he had to work with. I think Seattle overall has fared pretty well, all things considering losing Russell Wilson. We've kind of beat Russell Wilson up over the course of the season. Um, we're we've pretty well figured out that now it wasn't really Russell Wilson that was doing it, that it was probably Pete Carroll. Um, Gino can probably attest to that because he's had a hell of a year, but yeah. Uh, cream rises to the crop. DK's a dog. He's a beast. He's going to go out there and get his. Tyler Lockett's still pretty good too, and then I think they do have something something cooking with Kenneth Walker. So I would like to see him back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Yeah, they're building up that offensive line as well, and you know, looking at DK's numbers, he only had four single-digit fantasy games out of 14. So 10 games, he was in the double digits. I'd say that's exceeding expectations compared to what everybody was thinking he was going to do coming into this year and currently sets at wide receiver 10. Yeah, I would say, like you said, 10 double-digit games currently sitting as overall wide receiver 10 points-wise. Um, when Geno Smith was a backup, I'd be pretty fucking happy with that. Uh, you and I called it last year when Russ got hurt and Geno came out and DK didn't miss a lick that we figured he'd be okay. But there was a lot of naysayers out there that said that DK wouldn't be worth the fuck without Russ. And obviously DK's proven y'all wrong. The scariest thing DK's did all season was when he had to be rushed to the bathroom to take a shit. Yeah, I know that. Give a few little heart attacks out there like, oh shit, and then comes out, oh nope, just had to go to the bathroom. Just had to go. I couldn't waddle that far. But no, good for DK. I hope Geno does come back for Seattle's sake. Use him as a bridge quarterback. That's A guy like Geno, that's what he's meant for. And uh, Drew Locke's also a free agent as well. I think he's he's done for in Seattle as well as probably his NFL career. So uh, for Seattle, it's really Geno or a rookie at this point. Right. And I think, though, with how Pete Carroll is, I think he'll err on the side of Geno Smith. You know what you got in him. But that'll bring us to two other quarterbacks, two trash cans in my opinion. Good old Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are both going to be free agents. Uh, I don't see either of them landing a starting gig next year, at least to start out. I think Baker just might be back in L.A. with Sean McVay and backing up Matt Stafford as a security blanket. Sam Darnold, man. Who the hell knows where he ends up? I think he's done in Carolina once they bring in a new coaching staff. I don't see Steve Wilkes being the permanent head coach there. So I think his days are over in Carolina as well. He said, who knows where the hell he ends up, but I don't see him being a starter past this season. Yeah, I'm um, man again. I, I want to disagree with you, but I'm in the exact same boat. I think we got to give a round of applause for what Baker was able to do first game with the Rams. Um, for sure, he's he's got to go back there. You know, I, I think he's earned it at this point, kind of saving the game, at least to get a you know one-year extension with the Rams, at least through next season. And like you said, be a security blanket for Matt Stafford. <clears throat> and if you think about it, Matt Stafford when he was younger, I'm not really trying to compare the two like philosophically in the same way, but both extremely sorry wrong word both very live arms strong arms you know just cannons uh i think baker could learn a lot sitting behind matthew stafford for a year and maybe be like an heir apparent because you know baker mayfield's still young um 
But Sam Darnold, I feel like it, almost every year we're talking about this guy. Uh, crazy because he's still only 24-25. I, I agree, though, that I think his time in the Panthers is done. Um, I, I don't know where he would go from here, but fantasy-wise, he's... I mean, he's been off my radar since he got traded away from uh, the Jets. No, really, the season before he got traded away from the Jets. But, yeah, Sam Darnold, I'd I'd be taking a fourth or fifth round pick for him at this point. Yeah, enough of uh, those trash cans. Moving on to to another, uh, we'll, we'll call him a recycling bin. Good old handsome Jimmy G. Ah. Where do you think... Jimmy G's future leads himself after this season. He did, I forget the exact injury, but I think it was an ankle injury. I believe he's done for the year, if I'm not mistaken. But where do see, you see I, him going? Or I up? wouldn't. I wouldn't mind him going to the likes of like Carolina or the Colts. The Colts seem to like these older guys for some reason. I think Jimmy G could make a lot of sense there. He's accurate enough. He's in a dome, so you don't got to really worry about much, you know, outside interference when it comes to weather. Um, I think he's still a, a very capable quarterback, but he, he's not definitely not a franchise guy. He's more of a game manager. Um, but, yeah, I, I also don't think he goes back to San Francisco unless San Francisco does not believe that Trey Lance is their guy, which I still think they do. Shanahan loves his running quarterbacks. Um but now they've seen what they have in Brock Purdy. That what's the sense in keeping Jimmy G? Yeah, initially I was thinking that we could see him back with the 49ers. But like you said, with how good Brock Purdy has looked, he is a rookie, cheap contract, Mr. Irrelevant, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is. So you're you're getting him for next to nothing for the next three, four years, whatever they signed him to. Compared to having to pay someone like Jimmy G ten plus million dollars a year, I'd stick with Brock Purdy as well. And I did misspeak. Jimmy G has a broken foot, so he is in fact done for the season. And hopefully, for everyone's sake, he will just move on from the Forty ers Brock Purdy will be the backup, and our guy Trey Lance will walk into next season being the starter. Hopefully. I think that's the most likely outcome. I don't see San Francisco retaining Jimmy G because, the, I mean, the just the type of money Jimmy G is going to command. If he went out there and could get a starting job, you know, like I said, Colts, Panthers, I would say Texans, but probably not. But in any of those teams, they're going to give him, you know, probably if they're offering him a starting gig, I would say close to probably $20 million a year. You're not going to be able to retain him in a backup role in San Francisco especially not for that price tag. I'd be stupid. Um, and again, like you said, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, you basically got him for free. And he's, frankly, killed it. So, why not? Save some money, invest it elsewhere. If Brock Purdy didn't look as good as he has, I think it would be a very real possibility they could have re-signed Jimmy G as, again, an insurance blanket to Trey Lance. Oh. Guy that knows the system might as well keep paying him just in case because obviously you've you've needed him. Yeah, but with absolutely. Brock Purdy playing well, I I'd say his days are numbered. Like you could see him ending up in Indianapolis, maybe Carolina, hell, maybe even New Orleans, depending on what they do there. I wouldn't Andy think Dalton's of them. Also, a free agent. And, and, I know James uh, is, is still in her contract, but obviously. Dennis Allen isn't a big fan of Jameis by rolling with the red rifle. Right. Yeah, the Jimmy G to New Orleans, I could dig that one too. Again, another dome. That could make sense. Um, Yeah, but San Francisco, they got to roll with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Keep them young fellas. They're cheap. You know, it could be Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi next year, just just like them. Yeah, just a little segue to – Saving the goat for last. Maybe Jimmy G to Tampa Bay if Tom Brady decides to retire. Who knows? But Tom Brady is technically a free agent after this year. What do you think is going to happen with good old TB12? To be completely honest, he should have stayed retired. He shouldn't have came back. Um, 
Tampa Bay just ain't it, man. They're not a very good team. I think what are they like f- four and eight, six five and eight, eight six and eight. So, yeah, they something are like leading that. the division. Yeah, that trash can of a, of a division. I mean, I, I get that they're in a playoff spot, but they are not good. Um, for his it sake, help I, with all the I, offensive line injuries they've had dating back to the preseason. So from the very beginning, it seemed like this team was just behind the eight ball with injuries. No, and they have been, and that's that's completely fair. Um, but to me, Father Time is undefeated. Tom Brady is 45 years old. He, for all intents and purposes, lost his wife and his family because of pl- coming back and playing football for one more season. It looks like it's not proving to be worth it. The guy needs to go retire. Go, greatest quarterback ever, I agree. But he, I think it's time for him to go on to greener pastures. I'm going to have to disagree with you. <laughs> you want 46-year-old Tom Brady to play next year? I do. He has still played every single snap of the year so far. Right now he's quarterback 15, so borderline quarterback one for fantasy. So he's still getting the shit done for you in fantasy. And, you know, he's, as far as the NFL side of things, he's still doing everything in his power to lead this team to victories. I mean, like we said, they are under 500, but they are winning their division. So he's still showing he can win, as sad as it is in the NFC South. But it still counts. Like today, they blew a 17 nothing lead to the Bengals. So they were up on one of the better teams in the NFL. Three possessions. They Doesn't just matter. Couldn't hold still on. L's and L. I forget what the exact stat was, but I'm not sure if it's 100% true or not. I just saw a meme. I guess Tom Brady was 89-0 when his teams were up 17 nothing or something like that. Until today, of course. So, not like I said, I'm not sure if that was true or not. But if so, that's a hell of a stat to never lose a 17-0 to lead until you're 45. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you have 12 top 10 defenses in your career. No, and I'm not – I'm just joking. Not taking anything away from Brady. He can still do it. I just hope it doesn't get to the point where it's like, is he in or is he out? Is he in or is he out? Uh, the, the back and forth BS is, is kind of – it sucks for like fantasy guys like us. Obviously, I don't have any shares of him. I don't think you do either. Um, but I know in a league in the past, a guy got Tom Brady for a fucking fourth. And it was like, I get like, it's only for one year, but, you know, just knowing what's coming and kind of what to expect that way you can project things is nice. And And Tom Brady to be fair, is very serviceable. You said he was QB 15 scoring-wise. He's currently third in the league in passing yards. He's ahead of Joe Burrow, behind Justin Herbert by, looks like, 22 yards. Uh, He's only thrown 20 touchdowns on the season. He has thrown seven picks, though. But I I feel like with that many yards, top 15, he could be a lot better. I think 20 touchdowns is a little low for him. But, um... Yeah, Tom Brady can still get it done. I just, I, I personally would like to see him hang it up and go on the greener pastures, go be the new Levi guy. Well, what's wrong with Brett Favre being the Levi guy? Come on now. No, Tom Brady's too bougie for that. He'll go be the Gucci main. There you go. Now you're thinking right. I disagree. I think he comes back for one more year, at least. I think he's going to do the whole one-year deal thing. Hell, we could see a return to New England at this point. Kick Mac Jones out the door. No, he's too old to go back cold. Fuck that. Um, but what would be his re- his reason to return? I mean, is it to win championships? Because I don't think that's a championship caliber roster, personally. Maybe. Maybe not. Money? I, I. He's got plenty of money, especially with that Fox deal just waiting on him. Right. I, I just think the competitive spirit... He's one competitive motherfucker. I just think even if he does make the playoffs, say they do wind up under 500, I don't think that's going to taste well in his mouth. I don't think he's going to be like, yep, 
that's a good one to end the career and hang it up on. Under 500 and going to the playoffs. So you think he wants to go the Peyton Manning route and retire after a Super Bowl victory? Oh, yeah, especially with the rivalry they had. I think you can't top that. You can only tie it. I think that's what he could possibly come back for to get back up there with good old Peyton. I mean, I, I won't disagree with you. That's that's the best way to go out. Go out at the top of the game. You win a championship, retire. And it's a, it's a Cinderella story. But I, I personally don't think Tampa Bay is constructed that way anymore. Um, no, probably not. I don't know if I don't know if Byron Leftwich is the man. Oh, what? He's a great offensive coordinator. Great offensive he's, coordinator. All he's good for is getting Tom Brady up to the top of the league in passing yards. Hey, that's what Tom does. That's why he is the GOAT. But I, I could see just coming back one last run with Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, Godwin, the whole crew back together. Especially Hopefully healthy. healthy, healthy offensive line. Defense is still pretty damn good. And contract-wise, I believe they're still intact again next season. So it wouldn't be surprising, like I said, with how competitive he is. Just saying, fuck it. Like you said, already divorced. So what's he got to retire for? That Fox deal right. is going to be there waiting for him, whatever the hell he decides to be done anyways. So if they'll have you back and you're healthy, like he has been, amazingly, at 45 years old, why not? But no, I can, I can see what you're saying. Maybe he does. And it would suck to only play one year after your divorce and be like, yep, that was worth it. Maybe he and does. That's how I'm going to go out. Right. But that'll wrap up our free agency preview for the quarterback side of things, at least the possibly fantasy-relevant quarterbacks. We'll move on to the very sad and short list of tight ends I have here. Just three names on the list. First up, Mike Gusecki from the Miami Dolphins. He was supposed to be a pretty big-time tight end coming into the league and then getting Tua and all these weapons around him. A lot of people thought the offense would open up more for Gusecki. He'd be the red zone target. And it just seems like it hasn't panned out for him this season. It's very disappointing. But I'm sure he'll end up back with the Dolphins on a small contract. He's tight end 25 right now, so he's nothing. He's a zero, really. But still, athletic, 27 years old. I'm sure he'll be back with Miami since he knows the offense. He's a pretty good blocker, at least sufficient enough for Mike McDaniel to get the job done. So... And fancy wise, I don't want anything to do with him. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat, man. I it'd make no sense for him to go somewhere else. Like you said, he's 27, athletic enough, good enough blocker. Um, he is kind of third in the pecking order when it comes to receiving chops, maybe fourth. Um, it's it's hard to compete with the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle unless you're a guy like Travis Kelsey. Um. I think Mike Jacecki still got some good years ahead of him, but yeah, he's 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 had a subpar season. The last two years, he's finished his tight end nine and seven. This year, like you said, he's tight end twenty five. He's not getting anywhere near the targets he has the last two years. But again, like I just mentioned, uh, being third, maybe fourth in the pecking order behind the likes of Jalen and Tyreek Hill, it's easy to see why. But I think it makes sense for him to go back. Yeah, I think his career so far is very clearly he's been a product of his opportunity. You know, the two top ten seasons, he was fighting for targets with fucking Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker. and uh, Preston Williams. I mean, there wasn't much to fight with out there. But right. he put some real talent around him, and he just disappears. So, But we'll move on to your guy, Dalton Schultz. What do you think is going to happen there with your Cowboys? I think you've damn near got to bring him back. I mean, um, another guy, 26 years old, uh, currently tight end 17, although last year he was tight end three. Um, again, another guy that's kind of third in the pecking order behind Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. 
maybe fourth, depending on how you view Tony Pollard. Um, but I think it makes tons of sense to bring him back. I mean, well, why not? You know, I'd, I'd hate not to have him because if you're telling me the only wide receiver options I have are, did I say Amari Cooper? You sure as fuck did. You didn't even C D Lamb. I meant C D Lamb and Michael Gallup. My fault. There we go. Um I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, did I say Amari? I might have said Amari. Long story short, he's third in line behind C D and Michael Gallup. Maybe fourth, depending on how you view Tony Pollard. Um but I would hate to see them just run it with the likes of C D and Michael Gallup. Uh, Dalton Schultz coming back just to me makes the most sense, especially now that we're seeing. I don't think Dak is. He maybe he's a top ten quarterback, but I don't think he's a game changing quarterback. He needs weapons to to be productive. Yeah, I think you have to bring him back and give him a pretty decent extension in the meantime. I think he's a pretty big part of the offense like you said third pecking order receiving wise out of the receiving group and he can get it done he proved it last season and been a little bit up and down this season but he has been injured so kind of he gets a pass for this season not being the most consistent guy like he was last year but as far as the Cowboys are concerned I don't think you're going to find anything better than him and no Absolutely. And being still being a tight end 25 with missing three games, I mean, it's, like you said, you're definitely not going to be able to find an immediate plug-and-play replacement that's going to – can or that has the potential to be as productive as him. Uh, I would be shocked if he didn't come back to Dallas next year. Jerry Jones better open up that pocketbook. Pay that man. Yeah, somebody's going to pay him, I think. And it yeah, he's going to get – Cowboys. He's going to get paid one way or another, but I hope it's the Cowboys. Moving we'll on to our last possibly fantasy relevant tight end, a favorite of ours from years past, good old Easy E, Evan Ingram. I, I don't know where he's going to land. I don't know if Jacksonville is going to probably pay him the money he's going to be asking for after the tight end five season he's having right now. And he is a very big part of the offense and the turnaround that Jacksonville's had over the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, currently tight end five for PPR, over 500 yards and four touchdowns so far. He's having a hell of a year, his second best year outside of his rookie year where he just absolutely killed it due to opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like you like you just mentioned, he's got 53 receptions right now with a couple games remaining. Um, Rookie year, he had 64, so he maybe breaks it. He gets really close to it. Um being 28, I, I would like to see him go back because he is like that, what's the word I'm looking for, like a like firecracker or break starter, whatever you want to call it. He's he, he's kind of like what makes them go, you know what I mean? It seems like uh, he had that huge game where he had three receiving touchdowns and what was it, like 200-plus receiving yards, what, two weeks ago or a week ago. Um but I don't, I don't know if he does go back to Jacksonville. I guess it just depends on if Jacksonville's willing to spend that type of money because I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to get, he's going to want that big money. He's going to want the big bag. Might as well say back up the Brinks truck, motherfucker. Good old Jalen Ramsey. They've heard that one too many times down right. there in Jacksonville. But hey, come on, come on over to Cincinnati. We need a receiving tight end, and would love to save that first round pick and use it elsewhere. So come on, Evan Egram. Call up Mike Brown and company and get Cincinnati on a cheap deal for us. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Jacksonville bring him back, given how big of a role he's had within the offense. And with it being Doug Peterson, he does like his tight ends and to involve them fairly often. And he is getting up there in age. He is 28 already, surprisingly. So if he does go back to Jacksonville, I'd probably... Try to get a couple cheap shares of him. Hopefully he can recreate that magic from this season. Probably not be a top five tight end, but he could possibly be a locked and loaded weekly starter every week for you. Uh, set in, forget it, with a high high ceiling, pretty decent floor as well from the looks of it. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think that he'll if he goes back to Jacksonville, I think being a top five tight end is pretty well out of the question. I think this is a little bit of an outlier for him. Um if he goes back I still think he's got, you know, top ten upside. But or I shouldn't say upside, but I think that's about where he finishes, about top ten. Um again, like you said, we all, we play it play tight end premium leagues, so you could probably start him every week, but I wouldn't have him as my tight end one. But for a uh, the price tag on him, you know, on a startup or something would probably be a hell of a lot cheaper than say the three that we're obviously going to probably target heavily in startup next year. It makes sense to have him as a backup safety blanket, security blanket type of guy or bye week fill in. I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, like I said, if he ends up in Jacksonville or say somewhere like Cincinnati or. Somewhere it looks like he's going to play a decent role in the receiving game. I'd try to get a few cheap shares of him. Hell, he could be a Darren Waller type of player. Doesn't really get into his own till he's up there in age and very athletic still and can get you something. Yeah, he very well could be. I mean, this is about the same age Darren Waller really, I mean, like took the fantasy world kind of by storm, except I think Darren Waller did it a little bit differently. Um but yeah, it, I mean, twenty-eight. It's it's not optimal, but he he could still be serviceable for a handful of years. Absolutely. But that'll about wrap us up this week. You got any other thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about this week going on in Dynasty and up there in the Dynasty brain of yours? No, honestly, um, pretty well wrapped up for my dynasty seasons um my one team dynasty wise that i did make the playoffs i have lost my matchup pretty well got my butt spanked um so not necessarily that i'm like out of dynasty mood but like dynasty mode of my own teams is kind of just kicked off so I'm, i'm basically just here just watching games breaking down film looking at guys i like dislike changing you know rankings but outside of that There's not a whole lot going on up there. Plus, with the college football season, I mean, this is the best time of the year college football-wise, so I'm also reserving a little bit of space for that in my brain. What about yourself? Uh, I didn't have any Dynasty playoff teams, unfortunately, so I'm just, like you, moving my rankings around, looking at my roster, seeing where I can cut some dead weight, where I need to improve upon, and just trying to get a leg up on next season. I already have a plan in place, hopefully, by the end of the playoffs and be a little bit ahead of some of the other teams in my league that are focused on the playoffs so far and trying to, as I said, just get a leg up on those guys and try to get up there and compete with them next season, hopefully. Maybe go up there and see if you can get some 24 picks, if possible, after this season, this fantasy football season ends. I'm hoping so, just to cover my ass. Both all my teams so far, I'm extremely confident they're all going to be playoff teams next year except for one Debbie roster, which was kind of by design off the jump, was to play for 2024. I already had picked Quinn Years and Xavier Worthy in our Debbie draft. And then on top of that, I went out and traded for Caleb Williams and B. John Robinson as a package. So I'm I'm going to be sitting pretty next season. Just not doing shit, compiling some assets and losing games and waiting for my time to shine in 2024 on that one. So that one, I'm already, already know how next season's going to go. I got one quarterback in Justin Fields. I got Malik Willis and Matt Corral on my bench. So I could have a starting quarterback, a QB2, maybe if I'm lucky. But I already know that team is not going to be anywhere close to the playoffs. Right. But that's about where I'm at. Just unfortunate, don't have any playoff teams this year. But on the flip side, I am fortunate. I get a little bit of extra time to put together a game plan going into the off season and be ready to go as soon as you know we can make some more moves. Because I know the leagues I commissioned by design. Once the fantasy season's over, we all take, I guess, a mandatory break through the Super Bowl to give people some time to reset their dynasty brains and get time to pay those buy-ins, give you about six weeks. And then once the Super Bowl's over and everyone's paid, 
everything's back open again, so that's that's where we're at, unfortunately. Just a bunch of losers here. Yeah, I kind Stand of productive um, struggles. Right. I I kind of take my break after my my last fantasy team either loses or whatever. I kind of start my break then and just kind of turn off dynasty GM stuff. You know what I mean? I just kind of take a back seat and just watch football and enjoy it for what it is. And I mean, I still kind of think about fantasy football, but not really thinking about team dynamics or nothing until, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, until basically we, cause the trading's closed, you know, until we pay for the next or until the next season starts. Or when I say next season, fantasy season, like you said, after the Super Bowl. So I kind of turn off for that point until I pay my money back and then, Start getting things rolling again. Yeah, it is. You know, playing Dynasty, so doing the year-round thing. and DFS, a couple redrafts, and now jumping into the content creation space. We really don't get to just unwind and enjoy football for what it is like we used to. Right. So that is very underrated, I've noticed, this season, doing everything that we're doing so far, that we're not just enjoying the game as much and getting the opportunity. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, now that we're kind of doing this, or not kind of, we're doing this podcast and putting out content, um, I have taken that for granted in years past where I could just sit back and then just chill and watch the game kind of leisurely and not really give a shit a whole hell of a lot outside of just enjoying the game. I find myself paying attention to like nuanced stuff and, you know, I mean, I've always kind of broke down film, but even way more so now, you know, especially on guys like Zeke who have obviously lost a couple steps. You know what I mean? Just for example, it's, it's, I hate to call it a job because I do still think it's fun, but it's kind of a job now. Yeah, I hear you on that. There's definitely some more nuances to it than just watching the game and setting a fantasy lineup or a lot more to it nowadays than what we're not used to, but when we came into the fantasy world. Right. But Absolutely. That'll wrap up this week's episode of Dynasty Football Talk. Once again, I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Eric Cook. You can find us all on Twitter at Gump7285 for me. Derek is at D underscore Cook. Nine three, that is K O C H. You can find the podcast at DFT Podcast, all on Twitter. And hopefully, you guys enjoy the rest of your fantasy playoffs and continue to survive and advance past this weekend. See ya. See ya. <laughs>